this and this and this is Tofen Beam for the TB test. What's good, son? What's good, son? It's your boy, Toaf Dog, back with another episode of The TB Test. Back with my co-host, Beam Marino. And Beam, I gotta tell you what, TB does not stand for Tampa Bay, because the Rays just shit down their leg in Game 6 of the World Series. Yeah, pretty pretty uh, disgusting performance by the manager, but we'll get into that later. Dodgers are champs, World Series champs of the COVID season. Yeah, the Dodgers are World Series champs. They are not going to go down in history like the 1980s Buffalo Bills. They got the job done in an asterisk fake season, 60 games. Um, I guess they're fake champs, you know what I mean? (laughs) Ruthless. Lakers too. Yeah, no. With all due respect, the Dodgers would have won the World Series if they played 162 games, 300 games. They were the best team in baseball no matter what. But uh, you said uh, we'll get into Kevin Cash later, but I think we got to just hop right into that off the top, the Rays, and kind of what went down tonight in Game 6 specifically in the World Series. Hop in that ass, Tuff. Get him. Yeah, so for all our listeners that didn't follow the World Series tonight, uh, Dodgers were – up three games to two with a chance to close it out in the neutral ballpark of uh, Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. And I actually uh, received a message from one of our most loyal listeners. He goes by the pseudonym, pseudonym Monsieur. And uh, Monsieur oh. had actually sent me a video of an old World Series clip from 2011. And uh, we started getting into the game and how we thought it was going to go down tonight. And I replied to Monsieur and I said... Blake Snell is going to shove tonight. And that was pretty much all I said. And his response was, I hope he puts on a BDSM performance and shoves it up their ass with Borat's rubber fist. That's a direct quote. And Blake Snell <laughs> did exactly that through five and a third he innings. Did. And uh, didn't get to see his the fruits of his labor, you know. Kevin Cash, the manager of the Rays, came out after he gave up a one-out single to the ninth-place hitter as the lineup was about to flip over, and he gave Blake Snell, two years ago Cy Young winner in the American League, the old hook. Oh, yeah, he did. I mean, as a non-baseball was... fan, what do you think about that? I know you watched the game. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. As like I was going to say, being a casual and obviously not knowing shit about baseball, you know, my World Series predictions were – the Angels and Nationals, who <laughs> neither of them made the playoffs. Um, I was disgusted, and I, I know limited things about baseball. I just know that he was throwing some heat. Uh, the top of the lineup for the Dodgers couldn't hit shit off him, and, uh, yeah, he got pulled. That's got to be demoralizing, right? You're having the best game of your career and the biggest game of your of your life, exactly. and they, they pull you – blow the blow the game you lose the world series oh god rough night and it, it's the thing is too is just blake snell's not a johnny come lately like this guy he from the first pitch he threw he was reaching back throwing the cheese he had the nasty shit going breaking sliders all over the place um i mentioned that the lineup was about to flip over for the third time and mookie betts Corey seager and justin turner we'll get into justin turner here in a second as we have some <laughs> breaking news about that gingeroni but uh, those three guys were combined 0 for 6 with six strikeouts. And as soon as the ninth place hitter got on base, Kevin Cash came out and gave Snell the hook. I mean, uh, Snell's, Snell, Snell's body language said it all. He did not want to come out of that game. And uh, you knew exactly what was going to happen as soon as he came out. Yeah. He had what do you have? Ten strikeouts. Two gave up two hits. Hey, through five and a third. He had nine strikeouts through five and a nine third. Stri- gave up two hits, like you said. He was just he had nasty wipe away stuff. The Dodgers really couldn't sniff him, and 
I mean, in a situation where you're, I mean, in all with all due respect, the Rays were overmatched from the get-go. The Dodgers have the best roster in baseball. They were probably going to win this series. They should have probably won it in five games, but you got to go down with your horses, you know what I mean? And just to, now Kevin Cash going to have to walk into that locker room after the game and look at all those guys in the eyes and tell them, oh. this one's on me. And, I, I mean, that's got to be a sick feeling. It changed the whole complexity of the game the series Dodgers capitalized though you got to give them all the credit hats off to them right away they perked up as soon as they saw Snell coming out and uh very quickly took advantage of was it Alexander that came in yeah Nick Anderson so I got a little stat on Anderson sorry Nick Anderson comes in Mookie Betts second best player in baseball he's a fucking bonafide stud Boston Red Sox poodle butt bitches for trading this generational talent because they wanted to save a few dollars good on Mookie going to a new team and winning the World Series works a 2-0 hitters count drives a double down the line puts runners in second and third and they eventually come around Nick Anderson though this guy had given up at least one run in six straight outings in the postseason he actually set a postseason record by giving up an earned run in this game so Kevin Cash pulled Blake Snell, and with the matter, a matter of, I'd say, about three minutes of real time, a yeah. 1-0 lead turned to 2-1 real quick. Where would that rank on the stupid, stupidometer, stupometer? I mean, for a, a move like that. I mean, I know Roberts has made some questionable calls in previous <laughs> World Series, but hey, uh, Dave Roberts, I'll tell you one thing: he was over in that Dodger dugout, and he had to be breathing the biggest sigh of relief that some of his questionable managerial decisions over the last few years that have you know Dodger fans will say that's what cost them the World Series I'll say that yeah his decisions have sucked sometimes but ultimately it's the players getting it done he's not putting them in the best spot but Kevin Cash man that that that's one of the worst decisions in baseball history in my opinion I mean there's it's absolutely inexcusable like I said you got to go down with your horses you could tell from the very beginning of the game that if the Rays were going to win, they were going to have to win this game one nothing, which is super fucking hard to do. But you got to let your horse empty the tank. Yeah, he had like seventy pitches. Yeah, Just ridiculous, disgusting. I mean, the Rays are an analytically driven team, and they ride that sabermetric shit. And that's the time where you got to throw the numbers out the fucking window and, and coach with your gut a little bit there. And uh, hey, you live by the analytics, you die by them. And the Rays fucking died like Steve Irwin did. You know, R.I.P. <laughs> went down, and they they went down not even swinging at the end of the game because they came up in the bottom of the or top of the ninth and uh, didn't even swing the fucking bat one time. Yeah, that was ridiculous. The Steve Irwin was was a good uh, throw in there because of the race. I got it. Yeah, they didn't even swing the bat two backwards K's no looking to finish the World Series off. It's pretty. If you scared, uh, go to church. Fucking throw some exactly. So I, I put on a, I wrote down a couple things. You know, this was pretty real time. I wrote down a couple things where this Kevin Cash decision was actually more stupid than a few things that I want to get your take on. See if you agree with me. Yeah, Kevin Cash more like so, Kevin Bitcoin because I don't know what the fuck that guy was doing, and I don't know what Bitcoin yeah. is either. <laughs> Crypto, bro. So uh, Kevin Cash pulling Snell. Stupider than Forrest Gump taking Jenny back after she had AIDS and potentially losing his virginity <laughs> while getting a girl pregnant and then also contracting HIV. Well, Pretty stupid. You know who else has AIDS? Dodgers owner, Magic Johnson. <laughs> you know who does have AIDS but has another disease? <laughs> Justin Turner. Confirmed positive COVID yeah. played in the game. Justin Turner playing the game with the vid. Who fuck? Twenty twenty is shit, man. He won't be in the locker room popping bottles. That sucks. He's for him. hanging out with Tumgus from AMPM too much. <laughs> that was a stretch. Uh, all right, Kevin Cash. His decision to pull Snell. Stupider than Obi Wan Kenobi not finishing off Anakin <laughs> on the lava river and instead letting him return as Darth Vader. And uh, terrorizing I'm, the galaxy. I mean, Obi-Wan not finishing Anakin has to be one of the top three worst decisions in 
all of the galaxies. So I'm going to say Kevin Cash is smarter than Obi-Wan. Okay, fair enough. Is Kevin Cash stupider than the King of Gondor after cutting <laughs> off Sauron's fingers and not and gathering the ultimate ring and not throwing it in Mount Doom then just to be killed by orcs and letting Sauron <laughs> come back to terrorize the Middle Earth and hobbits for centuries? Man, we're showing our true colors here, but uh, Isildur, the fucking king of Gondor, man, he was a fucking dumb, greedy bitch, and he got what was coming to him. Uh, pretty horrible decision for mankind of Middle Earth, but uh, I think Kevin Cash hasn't beat, because at least that ring was pretty shiny and cool. Yeah, Kevin, yeah, at least he had a ring, right? <laughs> yeah, Kevin Cash has no rings. He just, he's got a lot of questions to answer. I, and I'll give you a nod there for getting the name Isildur. I wrote that down, but I was like, oh, Toph's not going to know that. So he was the king of Gondor. I thought that would be so Dude, we were more, just uh, texting the other day about how lit the battle scenes in the Two Towers and the Return of the King were, man. Lord of the Rings is the shit. Yeah, it is. And Star Wars 2, they're both up there in one of the, the two best GOAT series. Okay, last one. Kevin Cash, stupider than Pete Carroll <laughs> and Russell Wilson for passing on the one-yard line in the Super Bowl instead of handing it off to Beast Mode. Kevin Cash is stupider than Pete Carroll because at least Pete Carroll rushed SAE, get your dick sucked. And uh, Kevin Cash, <laughs> he's a GDI. He never got his dick sucked one time. What a scrub. Yeah, I heard him talking – stat that he peaked at 11 years old in the little league world series <laughs> earlier in the game they're talking about that so he, he, kevin cash he peaked with a little over the pants hand job in fucking middle school yeah nothing wrong with the otphj in the sixth grade that's fine but uh kevin cash if you're scared go to church um yeah game six ended it today world series is over it ended a great month of sports holy shit it's been awesome yeah. And, you know, we're coming to the close here. I fucking but, um, am definitely not a fan of Los Angeles sports teams, and they've won the last two titles. So, I mean, you got to give Hollywood a shout-out. They've, you know, been representing. I will say I do not believe that their football teams will win shit this year. So, Oh, yeah, Rams Chargers Super Bowl. Fuck no. <laughs> Justin Herbert, go. Um yeah, we had another good sporting event this past Saturday, UFC 254, with Khabib and Gaethje. Yeah, man, we um, we had. What did you think about that? I mean, overall, the the fight started during the day, so they began the prelims at about eight o'clock. I started watching prelims from about 9:30 on through the rest of the card. Overall, great day of fights. There were so many finishes leading up to. You know, one of the most anticipated fights of the year. Got to give a shout-out one more time to our boy, The Torch, JT Contrastano, last week. Sorry for the shit audio that we had. You know, we're working on those issues. Hope to not have that happen again. But I think JT broke down the fight very well. And uh, Khabib, man, he's a fucking animal. He did. He said, you know, he called it. He said, I think he said his heart wants to go with Gaethje, but his brain says Khabib all the way. And uh, he put down another dominating performance to go 29-0, and unify the belts. And, uh, I mean, Gaethje, he deserved to be there, but was clearly outmatched. Clearly outmatched. I mean, you could tell from the – I mean, the fight only lasted maybe two minutes into the second round, I believe, or something like that. And uh, the first round, Gaethje was so concerned about being taken down or having his back up against the fence, kind of like JT broke down last week and uh, – Khabib was out striking him. Gaethje was landing some nasty leg kicks, but once Khabib yep. got him on the ground, it was just it was a it was a different world down there for Gaethje, and he he couldn't live in Khabib's world on the ground. Yeah, he actually I think he went for an arm bar at the end of the first, and then took him down in the second. And I saw this quote, and I'm gonna get it wrong, but he said that. Khabib supposedly said, actually DC said that Khabib said he should he said she mm -hmm. said. Um, he didn't want to injure Gaethje in front of his parents. I guess his parents were yeah. there or watching or some shit. So he went for the triangle instead and put him to sleep. Yeah, he and uh, 
he pulled off. I was gonna say he pulled off one of the. That's one of the craziest submissions in mixed martial arts that you can pull off. He pulled off a mounted triangle. Uh, you paraphrase the quote pretty well. He he did say that, and I 100% believe that Khabib actually did tell Daniel Cormier that Daniel Cormier and him are extremely close. I don't think that DC would make that up. And yeah, Ga- yeah. Gaethje's parents were actually on the island. They were in the arena watching the fight. Uh, extremely emotional post post fight Khabib the all time great I believe he is the pound for pound greatest fighter of all time 29 and 0 put down his gloves in the center of the octagon and he will be retiring from mixed martial arts for good and I don't think he's one of those guys that I mean everybody has a price like the million dollar man Ted DiBiase shout out my WWE fans out there Uh, everybody has a price but I think Khabib really is done man yeah, well, I mean that's a way to go out. Twenty nine and zero, undefeated, dominating his opponent, choosing which submission he wants to do. <laughs> yeah, like deciding, oh, I don't want to do this one. I'm gonna do this one. And like you said, triangle, you don't see that very often no. in the ring. Yeah, I felt like back in the day when UFC was just coming up, that was like one of the go to submissions. But now it's just defended so well, and you just don't see it. So. For him to do that, the ref uh, missed the tap. That's why Gaethje went to sleep. Also, a little poodle for that. But um, yeah, yeah. So it got me great, thinking. Great performance got me thinking of uh, you know Khabib twenty nine and zero. Everybody was a little surprised because I mean it was never a goal for Khabib, but like the MMA public and the fans always thought he was going to try to get to thirty and zero. But really, twenty nine and zero with the sheer domination that he's put on all of his opponents. Got me thinking of, uh, you know, some guys that have retired at the top of their games because it is a rarity, especially in the fight game. You get guys that are hanging on a little too long. And uh, yeah, is there any any particular athletes, any sport that came to mind about retiring at the top of their game? Of course, you know, being a casual in most sports besides football, football came to mind for there's quite a few guys that have retired at top and real quick shout out JT I think he said um, speaking about other fighters or speaking about himself that the person to realize their declining last is the fighter themselves so Khabib you know withdrew at the top of his game which is crazy but uh, yeah some some other guys that have retired on top um, an immediate come to mind was John Elway back to back Super Bowl championships. That's a great one. With the Denver Broncos and set him down. Um, yeah, I can't. I mean, he had the helicopter. The helicopter, I was just going to say. The helicopter against the Packers. I'm pretty sure they were pretty significant underdogs in that Super Bowl, too. Yeah, was that? And that might have been the first one. That was, but, yeah. Uh, and then he beat the Falcons, the second one. Falcons, yeah. But uh, John Elway was one that came immediate, immediately to mind. Did you have any? Uh, he yeah, John Elway was still at the very top of his game, no doubt. He was still playing at a high level. St- same sport though is a a guy. He kind of had stepped into a, a a more role player role, but uh, Jerome Bettis, the Steelers, kind of yeah. went on that mission to win it for him. That one also made me think of Jerome Bettis could have been the biggest goat when they were playing the Indianapolis Colts and he fumbled at the one yard line, and it was scooped up and Ben Roethlisberger made the shoestring tackle. If you remember. ended up leading to Mike Vanderjack missing a field goal by about a fucking hundred yards (laughs) and the Steelers moving on actually won the Super Bowl in Big Ben's or excuse me Jerome Bettis's hometown the bus was going home and the bus was retiring straight to Cannes after that uh he came to mind John Elway was definitely at a playing at a higher level than him another one this is very obscure we don't I don't know we got some hockey guys listening yeah. to the podcast, but Ray Bork, he was a 20-year veteran in the NHL, stud defenseman. He had grinded and grinded and grinded, and then he won the 19, I believe it was the 98 Stanley Cup with the Colorado Avalanche. And, you know, as is tradition with hockey, the captain is the one that gets the cut from the commissioner. And typically he hands off the cup to, you know, kind of who the team would say is the next deserving. And, of course, Joe Sackick. Hall of Fame NHLer handed the cup directly to Ray Bork, and that was his last game ever. But going out on top, getting your name put on that trophy, fucking pretty sweet. Yeah, the cup's up there with that. Might be the best championship trophy. Oh, for sure. You know it's not sure. the World Series trophy. That shit's trash. <laughs> 
the little flag circle. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any other ones though? I, I think you did. Oh yeah. <clears throat> I got a few more. I wasn't sure if we we're gonna alternate. Yeah, rip or what, them off. So. Rip them off. Um, going back to football, definitely not at the top of his game, but going out as a Super Bowl champ, Peyton Manning. Oh yeah, definitely. He uh, he actually, I think he was benched or was injured in the playoffs that year. The backup won a couple games. I think that was actually during and, the uh, regular season because the fucking Brockett shit, Brock Osweiler was his backup. If I do oh, recall. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then Brock got a fatty contract that other teams paid for after that. Uh, Peyton, for sure, winning Super Bowl 50 over Cam. Going back to the fighting game, GSP, George J. Pierre. Yeah, GSP. Uh, I mean, he didn't. did he really announce his retirement, or he just kind of slowly exited the sport? I mean, shit. Still to this day, they're talking about Khabib and GSP fighting, and I don't think that's anything other than the MMA media talking about that, but... GSP actually he retired and then came back a couple years ago actually after not fighting for a few years and he was always the welterweight king king at 170 pounds and he came back to fight Michael Bisbing at 185 pounds whooped his ass and then walked away again without ever defending the belt came to get cashed whoop some ass then walk <laughs> away again he's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of mixed martial artists of all time that's just that's facts not fiction yeah I don't know I'm not a big fan of his uh uh, I'm not even gonna rag on him. He's a he's a. The guy. only thing that you <laughs> can rag on him is he's French Canadian, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his vocabulary, or just the way he speaks, the way he talks, is very funny, eh? Yeah, not he's kind of whatever. But anyways, GSP, um, sticking in the, mar- not martial arts, but the fighting realm, Floyd Mayweather, the money I mean, team, forty nine and L TMT, the money team, obviously. You know, there's a lot of critics of his for his uh, the level of competition he faced, and he also came back and fought McGregor for the money grab. Um, but uh, 49 and 0 or 50 and 0. he's whatever 50 and 0, the actually. fuck it is. Was, yeah, he's just it's crazy for him because he's got so many millions and millions of dollars in the bank that you know typically fighters aren't able to train like they they were when they were coming up and they had nothing and they were sleeping on a cot. But Mayweather's always had that mindset to be able to still train like a killer and train like as if he has yeah. pennies in his bank account when he's got fucking 500 mil in that bitch yeah big gambler too um and then this one immediately came to mind when i thought of retiring on top and you can't you can't surpass we talked a lot about the last dance early in our podcast life mj retiring twice yep. on the very tip top of his game and then ultimately coming back and kind of, I mean, he was still good when he came back and he was 40 years old on the Fucking Wizards. Fucking old man, still balling. Yeah, no, he was definitely, I didn't mention him just because he did come back with the Wizards, but like we, when we started this bitch, by the way, this is episode 22 in honor of the World Series champions. This is the Clayton Kershaw episode, Chen. But, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, next week shout will out. be our MJ episode. So, nice. You got to give a shout out to the GOAT. Retired on top. Now he's owning NASCARs and fucking still making billions of dollars. Yeah, for sure. But that's all I got. I'm sure there's a ton more that you could bring about. Fun fact, Jerome Bettis, I think in his final year, had a game where he had three carries for three yards and three touchdowns. Look it up. In honor of Chris Berman. (laughs) The bus. Oh. So Khabib, laying him down. Yeah, man. Fucking... Shout out to Khabib for greatest career that you can ask for. But enough about sports for the short term. We have a big day coming up this weekend, Saturday. If you don't know, now you know. It is Halloween. And uh, in a COVID climate, I'm not sure how that works. But what I do know is every local store, every local outlet still has all the candy, what's good. And as the resident fat boy... We haven't done a TB <laughs> test, MySpace Top 8, for a few weeks, and I thought it would be fitting in the season, getting the seasonal spirit, to do a MySpace Top 8 of candies. Ooh, I'm loving it. Trunk or treat, that's the thing this year. I don't know if you've heard of that. If you got kids, you probably heard of it. If you don't have kids, you've never heard of it. 
Yeah. It's where you drive in a parking lot and trick or treat out of your trunk. Yeah, actually, but yeah, I heard of it Halloween for the first candies. time the other day because my mother's all about that shit, making sure she's giving the fucking hundred grands to the little kids and shit. I don't know, but. TMT. Yeah. Giving the money to I mean, you're scraping me in golf picks, so I'll give you. Do you want to go first? You want to go second? You tell me. I'm going to go first just because the goat candy, I just want to get it out in the air. It's number one overall. So I'll lead us off here for MySpace Top 8 of Before candy. Before you do, this, are you okay. are you more of a chocolate guy or what's your candy, what's your taste? What's your taste bud sensations? Yeah, this is crucial because people are all over the map here. Yeah. But uh, I got a weird relationship with candy, all right? Give- when I was growing up, as a child, I was anti-chocolate. I was one of those weird kids that hated, not hated chocolate, but just like, it wasn't my first choice. I was more of a sour kid. Oh, I fucks with it, baby. That's what I'm all about, baby. But as I aged, so did my palate. Ooh. As I'm drinking a nice little Cabernet glass right now, um, I fuck with chocolate. Specifically, not chocolate alone. Like, I'm going to be, you're going to catch me in a Hershey bar, but chocolate with other ingredients i'm all about it so that's more of my uh mature palate speaking but i still got love for the sour shit and they're both on the list for sure man i'm a fucking candy connoisseur i'm not in for being a fat boy not big into the desserts don't really fuck with the cookies and the pies and the cakes but i will go hard as a motherfucker on some candy <laughs> i'm excited for this list probably gonna have to you know, hit the stores immediately November 1st. Get all those cheap deals. But uh, kick us off. What's the GOAT? What's our number one? The, the GOAT number one overall. This is the mature palate talking as I've aged. Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Let's go. You, It's fucking by itself. Fire in the freezer. Fire. Reese's ice cream. Fire. Reese's cheesecake. Fire. Pie. Reese's Doesn't matter pieces. if it's got the Reese's. Fire. Reese's Pieces. Fun fact about Reese's Pieces, I don't know if you know this, there's no chocolate in Reese's Pieces. Oh, I did not know it's that. A, it's a candy-coated peanut butter ball. What? No chocolate. What? Yeah. You learn something new every day. Mind fuck. I will say I hate when fucking rigatoni jabroni Rudy Pooh candy asses say Reese's Pieces. They're not Reese's Pieces. They're fucking Reese's Pieces, you dumb bitch. Agreed. Booty poo candy ass. Shout out to Rock. If you don't have his shoes, the Project Rock 3s, I just got them. Click the link in the bio. No free no, I'm just fucking with you. No free <laughs> Oh, All right. That was number one overall. All right. Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. I like the all variations, too. The big cup, the white chocolate, yeah. the Reese's pieces inside. I think. Go ahead, Toph. Number two. I, that's a very solid number one, just because, like, all those things you touched on, we got so much fucking variety you can get with the Reese's. And, I mean... All of those that you named off, fucking heavenly, great shit. My number two, I'm going to go back to your fucking eight-year-old palate, the sour candy. I still fucks with sour candy more than I fuck with chocolate, no doubt. Okay. Ten out of ten times, I will pick a sour candy over anything else. And the goat. Do I even have to say it? Fucking Sour Patch Kids. Let's go. Doesn't matter if we got, you know, the variety pack or whatnot, or if you just fucking want to feel the watermelon slices the watermelon only uh, fucking dank factory sour patch kids though i must say is candy and only candy i've been walking down the cereal aisle a few times i've gone down the store or to the store the last few months and they make sour patch fucking cereal now that's just weird but uh <laughs> stick to what you're good at make candy fucking bomb ass dank ass perp skirt sour patch kids i don't have to say anything else it's fucking dank first they're sour then they're sweet that was actually my number two, but I wrote a couple backups because I knew we were going to have some overlap. But mine was my number two was Sour Patch Kids slash Watermelons. So you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, man. I, Go ahead. Back to back. So besides Sour Candy, I'm a big motherfucker with hard candies. Okay. And uh, I'm one of those sick psychopath bastards that when I put a hard candy in, you know, you're supposed to suck on it and get the sensation. Nah, I'll fucking chew right into that bitch and just pound it like a motherfucker. My number three is <laughs> Jolly Ranchers. I will smash Jolly Ranchers left and right. Don't really fuck with the purple ones as much. Get that grape drink. But, you know, my thing is you get the variety pack of Jolly Ranchers. Fuck all that chewy shit. Jolly Ranchers were meant to be a hard candy. The best flavor, yep. blue raspberry. If you fucking don't think so, you're a communist. Just what it is. Wow, 
I wouldn't say blue raspberry, but <laughs> you're fucking communist. That's fair. But uh, Jolly Ranchers, man, what what you do with the Jolly Rancher? You get the variety pack, and the okay. only way to keep me from biting into them right away. And yeah, people say, "What? You bought into Jolly Ranchers right away? You're gonna break your teeth?" Nah, dude, my teeth were meant for this shit. You just take, okay. you take like four or five of the same flavor. So you take like four or five cherries and you pop them all in at one time. And you just, Jesus, you know, that shit will last you 20, 30 minutes if you want. Fucking. I've, I've never put more than one Jolly Rancher in my mouth at one time. I told you, man, I'm the resident fat boy when it comes to candy. I'm, t- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you, I'm going to create new ways for you to fucking enjoy your shit, Chen. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm a one. <laughs> Hey, I'm a, I'm a one Jolly Rancher at a time guy. <laughs> nah, dude, you gotta you gotta separate the pack when you get it. You know, put all the apples together, put all the Jolly Ranchers together. You don't want to cross the sauces so much. You know, you don't want to throw in a cherry with a watermelon. It just doesn't work out as well. You want to take four or five of the same fucking flavor. Boom, pop that bitch in. You're gonna have a sensation like you never had before, Shan. There we go. I'll have to try it. Although I can say I like Jolly Ranchers. I don't think I've ever like purchased a, a big variety pack. I usually just like stumble upon one or someone hands me one somewhere or like I'm at I'm talking to a front desk person they're like got a little little grab and go jar of Jolly Ranchers some shit. But uh, I'll have to try. I'll have to take four out next time and just pop them Yeah, off. one last when we used to fucking be playing the the cod sticks and we used to be gaming with Wash up, dude, and outdoorsman, and our fucking boy Princess P. I'd be popping in five or six jollies, and they'd say, "Dude, you gotta meet your mic. You're just chewing these bitches into the mic as we're trying to murk." <laughs> oh, damn! All right, I'm gonna go buy me a variety pack right after this. But fucking wrap us around, dude. Four and five. What is? <clears throat> Four and five. All right, going back to back like Drake. You've hit the sour. You've hit the hard candies. I've only hit chocolate, but I'm going to bring it back for chocolate. Like I said, Sour Patch was also my number two because that's fucking fire. But uh, I'm going to go with a wafer chocolate and hit you with a Kit Kat. Thank you very much. That's some bomb ass. Take a break. Give me a break. Give me a break. So I haven't tried any of the other flavors, but just the original fire. When you actually eat a Kit Kat, do you break it up or you just bite into that bitch? I've done both, actually. I've done the sociopathic way and just bite into that bitch. It's not as enjoyable. Yeah. I will say. You got to break that shit up. For sure. I, it's like a Twix. It's all in the mix. Yeah. Kit Kat number four, right? That was number four overall? Yeah, that's a good chocolate to have up there. You know, when you had a, when you had to sell candy back in the day for your fucking school fundraiser or whatnot, and you always got the yep. Reese's and Kit Kats and... The other candies, those were the first two that sold. You know, you'd have a Reese's Kit Kat, a fucking Crackle Bar, and a Hershey Bar, and you'd be stuck with all the Crackles and Hershey's at the end. <laughs> yeah, you'd fucking just slowly eat all the Crackles and then owe 20 bucks at the end. Exactly. And be like, damn it, I didn't even really like those. <sighs> yeah, that happened to me multiple times, but then mom wouldn't let me sell the candy anymore. She just eat all that shit. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, number five. Number five. This is going to be a hot take, I'm guessing, for you. Maybe not, because this seems up your alley. Let's see. Number five, a variety pack, non-chocolate, Starburst. Yeah, that was on my list. That was on my list. Let's go. Red, pink, orange, yellow. It doesn't matter. I like them all. I know people are picky, and they're like, or you get the little two-pack from Halloween Fun Size, and you get a red, pink, you're fucking You're on stoked. Top of the you world. get double yellows, you're fucking pissed. Oh, yeah. Throw that shit out. But then you just still eat it. Yeah, for sure. Like, so if you had to rank them, what, what, that's what I was going to – if I listed Starburst, like how are you going to rank them? How do you rank those four? Okay. This is fair. I used to be a big red guy, but as I've aged, that mature palette, I'm more of a pink guy. Pink, red, yellow, orange. Orange is last in my opinion. Ooh. See, I actually I, – I used to be a big pink guy. But as I've gotten older, I think red is number one. Red, pink, oh, wow. orange, yellow. Yellow's fucking ass. Get that shit out of here. But like you said, you pull out a pack, get double yellows, you're still smashing them. In my case, just like Jolly Ranchers, I'm popping them both at the same time. Oh, yeah. If you're the same color, that's <laughs> fair. I've done that. Four Jolly Ranchers, though, dude. Simmer down, bro. <laughs> okay. Dude, just... Number five, Starbs. All right. Well, I got to get a chocolate on here. I think... You know, I am more of a sweet and sour kind of candy guy, but 
yeah, there is one other chocolate that I got to make sure gets on the list. And uh, if you're feeling like a diva, if you're hungry, you got to grab a fucking Snickers. Snickers, mm. number six, you know, get that nougat flavor up in that bitch. I will say I can be a sociopath when I eat a Snickers. How? If you get, like, especially those little fun-sized mini ones, Halloween season, so, you know, go trick-or-treat and you're going to get the little fun yeah. the fun size, like a little fun bag. Fucking take, take that guy and bite the top. Like, you're going to eat the top down so that all you got left is the nougat it's fucking pretty sociopathic but i fuck with that and i do that and it's fucking chill dude you like scrape with your two front teeth and just <laughs> slurp off the top that's ex- scrape like that's exactly like that spongebob episode and he's like mm. you know what i'm talking yeah, about I and it exactly. fucking rolls up inside your mouth that's exactly what i'm saying and uh snickers bar i think that just from our list looking at it we've named the three best chocolates no doubt yeah, I I like Snickers too. They weren't on my list, but they're up there for sure. I fuck with Snickers. Again, you can't really go wrong with like any Snickers branded other item too, like a Snickers popsicle or or not pop, ice cream bar or like Snickers ice cream. Yeah, it's like not something I'd buy originally, but if you got it, I'll take a fucking scoop. Pass that shit. Pass that. Here I did. All right. Okay. Last decision. This one right here has to have more fucking sugar content than any other candy on the list. I know these are all pure sugar because they're fucking candy, but don't give a fuck. It's Halloween season. You're going to get the fun size of these bitches, but Skittles. Taste the fucking rainbow. It's got to be on the list. Skittles are bomb as fuck, but I don't say it just for the original Skittles. They have all the variety packs, sour Skittles, tropical Skittles, my personal favorite, and, you know, the wild berry Skittles. I will say, though, you can't get fucked. If you get an old pack of Skittles that's not, like, the freshies and they're a little hard, that's fucking not uh, chill. Yeah. You know, you want a flaccid bag <laughs> of Skittles. You want a flaccid bag of Skittles. You don't want that fucking erection bag of Skittles that's hard as a rock. Fucking break your oh. teeth off. But Skittles, <clears throat> perp skirp. You know, give me. I think you're going to see a theme here with my fat bitch ass with candy. Get the little fun size in your trick-or-treat bag. Yeah. Pop the whole thing in your mouth at one time. Taste fucking rainbow. <laughs> oh, taste the fucking rainbow. Um, I haven't done that with Skittles, the whole bag at once. But what I have done that with is the little nerds pack. The little mini fun size nerds. Whole pack, one time. How's it? Hey, before you give us your before you give us your number eight, you wanna hear a funny story? Yeah, that's it. So when I was a little kid, like fucking four or five years old, I fucking had a little fun-sized box of Nerds, and I shoved the Nerds up my nose and couldn't <laughs> couldn't breathe and was freaking out, and my dad was the only one home, and he was like, what the fuck did you do? And I shoved Nerds up my fucking nose. Couldn't breathe at all. My dad's freaking out. It was in the wintertime. I'm standing by the fire. And all of a sudden, you have these weird colors dripping down my nose because the fucking nerds were melting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, dude. You were old enough to know to be able to tell your dad that you shoved nerds up your nose? I mean, I don't remember. This is what they tell me. But I think, again, the theme is I'm going to shove the whole fucking candy somewhere. You know what I mean? As long as it's not at my hoop. <laughs> You're Austin Hooper? Shout out, <laughs> Bay Area. Nerds, dude, they're uh, they're an honorable mention. Not the number eight though. My number eight, and I've given a lot of chocolate, and I said at the top, I'm a sour and chocolate guy. So I'm gonna take it back to the probably my childhood favorite candy, and it's still one of the goats. And you definitely get it in your trick or treat bag, or your kids' trick or treat bag, because we're old as fuck. So if you're stealing shit from your kids, steal the sour punch straws. Fuck yeah. I'm glad they made the list, baby. Let's go. I fucking love that. Still to the day, Alyssa and I uh, went to drive-in movie the other day because it's COVID. It's one of the things you could do. And I housed the whole bag and my tongue was hurting for four days after. But it was worth it. Yeah. I Again, I'm a fucking whore for the blue raspberry candies. I fuck with sour apple candies too. But the blue raspberry straws, murder. They make the mini straws now? Like, those are skunk too. Yeah, you go to, like, an office store or, like, Costco, and they have the little, like, 
square plastic box, mm-hmm. and it's just got like 150 little fun size, every variety flavor. Yeah. Every varietal, like a goddamn wine, you have the fucking earths of raspberry <laughs> and fire. Hey, so I, I got to say, I got some ass candies, but I wanted to, before we got into the ass candies that like don't come anywhere near the list, did you have a couple honorable mentions? The only other one that we didn't hit that's on my list right now is Butterfinger. Butterfinger. Yeah, I'm glad that didn't make the list. I would prefer a Twix or a Crunch Bar over a Butterfinger, but... uh, I like the little Chico stick in the middle. I'm talking about... Basically the same thing. A little bubble gum, a Mr. Chico stick. Because you so thick. Hey. Girls call me Jolly Rancher. Oh, because I taste so... I don't even... I fucked up. Okay. Anyways, my honorable mentions... So Laffy Taffy? Laffy Taffy, Skirp. I actually like the yellow ones. That's controversial. People don't like the banana Laffy Taffys. I think it's murder. But uh, that was not my honorable mentions. Warheads, sour. Oh. Like I said, dude. Fucking make you squint. Like Squint's Paladors yeah. from the Sandlot. Murder. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on. I think that's really the last one that I... That was my last cut. But I have a list of ass candies. Okay. So if you like this, you're fucking fascist or you were communist brought up in the Stalin era. I don't know, but all of these candies fucking suck balls. Rattle them off. All, throw some heaters out. Almond Joys. Fuck coconut in my Trash. candy. Ass. Ass. Cir- Mounds. Circus peanuts. Ass. Oh, the little orange peanuts. My homie Adam used to just murk those all the time. I was like, what are you doing, dude? Sorry. Okay, ass, I Adam, you're a scrub. Those are fucking crust. The the guy who made our intro beat, shout out for the intro beat, shout down for the circus peanuts. Go ahead. Fucking candy corn, but. Hey, what I will say, I used to agree with that, but if you mix candy corn with some peanuts or like a salty snack, the little sweet and salty, fire, go try it. And did you know if you stack up the candy corns, it actually makes like a corn on the cob? I did not know that, but I think candy corn's fucking trash, so I'll probably never try okay. that in my life. Uh, black, <laughs> Fair enough. Black licorice. Trash. Yeah. Another one that kind of tastes like black licorice that I think a lot of elders enjoy, like people our parents' age, good and plenty. It's like black licorice flavor. <laughs> That's another one on my list. Ass. <laughs> ass. <laughs> fucking ass. Uh, snow caps. Those are butt. And, uh, I don't even know what the fuck that is. They're like a movie theater candy. You'd go and see them. They, they sell that fucking box of snow caps for $10 at the AMC on the street, you know? Yeah, okay. And uh, my last one, hot tamales. Those suck. Uh, the little cinnamons? Yeah, like no one wants. Yeah, I think like my, my great-grandma used to like slip me a handful of those and I'd just like eat it because it's candy but not really enjoy it so my pops he's a loyal listener of the show we go to the fucking dollar store before we hit the movies big time movie guy and uh he would be the type of guy that he would buy black licorice some fucking hot tamales and milk deads all those candies blow dogs for quarters <laughs> pop a toe trash sorry bud yeah welcome, um, welcome to mcdonald's can i take your order <laughs> <laughs> hit the wrap um one other one i just thought of that's like an old school kind of underrated not really good, but like intriguing candy. The little uh, Coke bottles, the wax Coke bottles, where you bite the top off and then it's got the little juice inside. Not a big fan of the juiced gluten in my fucking candies, but okay, Mister Four Blue <laughs> fucking Jolly Ranchers. They don't got fucking cream filling inside. Yeah, but the juice you create from the saliva. All right, that's enough. Yeah, that's enough candy talk. Uh. Okay. Good fucking list overall. You know what's not good? I agree. Jujubes. The fucking NFC East, or should I say the NFC Least. Ass. We got, I hate the NFC East. Yeah. God. We got to get in a little football talk here just to wrap up the episode. And I mean, I, I think the number one storyline, in my opinion, is just how god awful that division is and one of those teams from the nfc least is going to host a playoff game versus a team from the nfc best aka the nfc west and uh as a fan a resident of the nfc best team what the fuck are your thoughts on that man 
I mean, it should be a, an easy win into the divisional round, hopefully. That's what the Saints but, thought um, when they played the 7-9 and nine Seahawks years ago. <laughs> Very true. If there's fans in the stadium at that point, you know, never want to play in Philly. But uh, the 6-9-1 NFC East champion Philadelphia I'm Eagles. I'm telling you, it's coming to fruition, baby. Hey, what's kind of cool, though, the only thing that's came to fruition of all of our predictions is that the NFC West was going to be good and the NFC East was going to be ass. Yes, we did say that. Because all of our other predictions have been shit. But, uh, yeah, NFC West is stacked. Um, it's going to suck for anyone who has to go on the road. A potential 11-5 and five going to a 6-9-1, and 7-9 team. That's a disgrace. Stadium. It is a disgrace. Um, they won't be going to yeah. Jerry World because the fucking Dallas Cowboys <laughs> are the worst team of all time, besides the Jets. I, I, I will say my New York Giants prediction still relevant. <laughs> hey, still around. It would have been looking a lot better if they didn't shit down their leg in the last four minutes of the Thursday night football clash versus the Eagles last week. Yeah. Very true. But um, still in there, it's the Eagles' division to lose like every year for the past eight years. Um, yeah, they'll be 6-9-1. and one. I mean, one of their wins is against the 49ers, so I can't really talk shit. So. Well, the last point I really had on football tonight was you talked and you men- made mention of some of our preseason picks. I mean, a lot of our individual awards players that we had – I believe you picked Christian Trash. McCaffrey for MVP. He's been hurt yep. pretty much all year. I picked Dak Prescott. He fucking snapped his leg. Uh, <laughs> I picked Jamal Adams for Defensive Player of the Year. I don't think he's played since week two. And you picked Nick Bosa, and he tore his ACL in week two. So the curse of the TB test is real as fuck. Yeah, it is. And the, Very real. the last football point I had is uh, – we're both scrubs, and there's only one undefeated team left in the league, the 6-0 and Pittsburgh Steelers, and neither one of us chose them preseason to be making the playoffs. We are fucking yeah. down for that. We thought Ben wasn't done jerking, but it's <laughs> clear now that he's given up the jerk. He gave up his and, stocks uh, and jerkins. He's, yeah, he's done. He's done for sure. Um, yeah, Steelers are fucking looking great. That defense, steel curtain, right? Yep. F- um, fuck you, Zach Kyle. Yeah, the TZ test. You thought? Back off, buddy. Uh, just kidding, Zach. Thanks for hosting again a few weeks back. He is the resident Steelers fan, so we gotta give him some shit. But yeah, Steelers, shit. They're in your division. Um, Browns division. They're they're putting it down. Number one, all the power rankings. They look like the favorite to win the division, whereas before we thought it was the Ravens. Ravens are kind of, I won't say slumping, but I think people are just used to Lamar Jackson more, which is kind of typical for his style of play. So. The Ravens absolutely shit-pump teams that they're supposed to beat, and then they fucking don't show up versus the elite teams. Yep. So. So. Yeah, so, okay, well, let's let's go. Um do you have some – so we're, we are coming up on week eight, I believe. So just about halfway through the season, and we talked a few times about giving some halfway picks since we did make some pretty ass picks initially. Let's give some updates to our MVP and Defensive Player of the Year picks Well, if you're down. Yeah, no, I, I originally picked Dak, like I said, and uh, – I mean, there's there's an obvious choice for MVP, but I think he did hurt his chances a little bit and made it the MVP race with uh, his uncharacteristic performance on Sunday Night Football. But I still got a role with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Unlimited and the Seahawks. I think ultimately he'll win the MVP. Who do you got for that award? Yeah, it's got to be Mr. Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> I think that was my first time doing it. Um, I mean, it's got to be. And now the media's got a hold of the storyline. Like, oh, never received the MVP vote. Every fucking week they talk about, well, can you believe he's never received? 
he's going to be on the minds of every voter, whoever that hey, is. Hey, speaking of every week, so. did you know James Con- Connors a cancer survivor? No, really? Wow, that's <laughs> impressive. Every fucking week, man. Every week. Um, yeah, he's got 22 touchdowns. Yeah. Already, which I think is tied with Peyton Manning's touchdown breaking year for sure um through six weeks so he's definitely the favorite i don't i mean who else is up there pat mahomes yeah actually i have a dark horse i have a dark horse okay i I mean we said at the beginning of the year we thought the arizona cardinals were going to be a fun team but they're actually going to be playoff contenders and i mean the shit kyler murray is doing this year is uh pretty magical man he's he he had a pretty sweet comeback this past Sunday night, and, I mean, as long as he continues to get it done, this guy's running for, I think he has over 400 rushing yards, and, you know, his passing yards are right up there too. And I, I think ultimately they would have to win the division and go on some crazy run for him to win the award, but he's definitely in the conversation. Yeah, Bull's a stud. Um, it sucks that both those guys are in the NFC West Yeah, because my 49ers have to play him twice. But, um, yeah, Kyler Murray's – Really balling out, looking like a number one draft pick overall. I'll let you kick um, us off so. for uh, who would you pick for defensive player of the year right now, or who do you think will ultimately win that award? Well, I think the front runner right now that ultimately will win the award, win the award, what is a dude on your team who likes to beat people up with their own helmets. Miles Garrett. He's a fucking game wrecker. Record, dude. He's got nine sacks, four forced fumbles through week seven. Yeah. Um, leading the field for sure. But I do have two other sleeper picks. Let's get it. That I think, or dark horses. So you say, you say uh, Kyler Murray, Arizona Cardinals, MVP. Buda Baker. Buda Baker, great pick. Safety. I know you picked the safety, Jamal Adams, to start the season. Um, two picks, two sacks, 59 tackles through six, seven weeks. He's second in tackles dude, in addition to the dude, two picks, two sacks. He's just a game changer yeah, he, also. He, he does everything, and, I mean, he's got a fucking sick name, Buddha. you got to be a badass name, Buddha. Yeah, for sure. He's kind of like a honey badger was for them. For sure. You know, but better. For sure. Um, and I'm going to homer down. Fred Warner, I had him on my list too, for, actually. Middle linebacker for the 49ers. Um, the nine, the line. Oh, no, I can't even talk. The Niners just breed solid linebackers. That's just yeah. who they are. It's what they do. Um, and Fred Warner is just another one to name. Third-year guy, couple picks already. Also, top of the game for tackles. Those are my dark horses. Who you got, Toph? You know, I got to be 100% honest. I did not have Miles Garrett on my list just because I didn't want to be a homer. But, yes, he is probably the front runner right now. Um, I'm glad you brought him up so I didn't have to. But I did have three other guys. One I got to start okay. out with. This man's the best player in football, in my opinion. Like, it's hard to say because how can you compare a quarterback to a defensive tackle? But Aaron Donald, man, that guy's a fucking man. He has been a force since he came into the league. You know, he yeah. he will ultimately be a finalist for the award. I don't see that not happening, but he's got to be on the totally. list. Fred Warner was on my list as well. One last thing to him is I think he's the best linebacker in football. Like, just not even really controversial. I think he slowly climbed that list, and he's taken over that title. Dude does everything. Fucking definitely is the leader of that defense, and he's really picked it up since Bosa's been out, you know. I just yeah. yeah, not a homer pick by you, but I had him on my list as well. And the last one – Going back to the undefeated Steelers team, I mean, their front seven, their D-line is is a bunch of savages, but T.J. Watt, he's the best Watt in the family right now. Uh, he's getting it done. He's Ooh. also a game wrecker. He's fucking causes fumbles, sacks quarterback regularly. Um, it's going to be an interesting last few months to see that award. There's a lot of guys that are in the conversation, and, you know, as long as – I think everybody that we just listed off, from Buda Baker to Miles Garrett to Aaron Donald, all will be there until the end of the season. Hopefully we didn't yep. just put the TB test curse on their asses. Yeah. If any of them are playing in MetLife Stadium, their career's over. But uh, other than that, Fuck, Miles is playing their week 15 and 16, Giants and Jets back-to-back. Good luck. <laughs> Chill out, Liam um, Neeson. <laughs> 
Yeah, those guys will take fat sacks to the face whenever they can. The ice be burning. <laughs> um, defensive player of the year, I like it. Of course, you know, we we like to jinx people. So oh, baby, I like it raw. It's going to be someone random that we didn't list at all. Khalil Mack, probably. He's, gonna, he's not even sneaking up, but he's up there, too. Um, yeah, NFC, a fun little thing. You know, me just being a homer again, and I'm sorry to all the fans, to all the listeners out there, but there's three wildcard teams this year for each conference. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were talking about the potential for the whole NFC West to make the playoffs. You know, the Niners are in last place at four and three. I think I don't think it's out of the question. I think ultimately it doesn't happen just because they're all going to have to beat each other up. And so I definitely see three of the four making it. And I don't even think that's controversial. I think that's going to happen. But uh, to think that all four would make it and then one of either the Bucks or Saints is not going to make it. And I mean, the Bears are pretty fraudulent, but they are five and two and they play a lot of shitty teams the rest of the year. It. It's going to be some tough sledding, but yeah, it is possible for sure. Possible. Not likely, but possible. Cool. But let's get in the holiday season um, and wrap this episode up like a gift that you're going to put under the Christmas tree with our favorite segment, Hog and Poodle of the Week. Yeah, yeah. Like we always do, we end it with a hog to a nine hog of the week and poodle. And I think we kind of discussed before. We have some uh, pretty concrete hog and poodles of the week that we're just going to name yep. off. Do you want to go ahead and do that? Yeah, I mean, Habib Nurmagomedov has to be a hog <laughs> of the week. Like, I mean, everything that we said earlier in the episode, greatest fighter of all time, submitted his legacy. He's a hog of the week. And uh, we both agreed. And th- there would be no, if we had to vote, there's no doubt who would be the poodle of the week. Oh, yeah. This could be poodle of the year, Nom potentially yeah kevin cash what the fuck you doing yeah definitely like doesn't like to get cash he's not on the money team nor is he johnny manzel's <laughs> friend um yeah trash kevin cash poodle of the week for sure but you got some honorable mentions yeah um for the listeners i do actually fans. this one's gonna be controversial i think but if they if people don't like this one they can go joe buck themselves my hog of the week is fucking oh. Joe Buck. Oh. And Joe Buck gets a bad rap, and it's mostly by baseball fans because they say he sucks and he sucks off players too much and this and that and the other thing. Well, let me tell you something. People that are baseball fans say that because they hear their regional commentators all year, and of course the regional commentators are going to know your team better than a national broadcaster. But Joe Makes Buck... Sense. Today is, as we record this, is October the 27th. And over the last few weeks, Joe Buck from, let's see here. (laughs) Let me pull up my calendar because I want to make sure I get this right and give the guy some credit where it's due. As of October the 12th, Joe Buck called games 1 through 6 of the NLCS Atlanta Braves versus Los Angeles Dodgers. That went from October the 12th through October the 17th. Then on October the 18th, Joe Buck, number one broadcaster for Fox, he called the Green Bay Packers versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers game in Tampa Bay. Then October the 19th, you had that funky double Monday night football ordeal, and he called the Kansas City Chiefs at the Buffalo Bills on October the 19th. Then He called games one and two of the World Series, the 20th and 21st. Last Thursday, he called Thursday Night Football, New York Giants versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Just to go back to Arlington, call games three through five of the World Series. And then tonight, wrapping it up with game six. And he will be on the mic this Thursday for the Atlanta Falcons versus Carolina Panthers. Now, we we love sports, and I mean, that's a dream for any of us, but... People hate on Joe Buck. They they talk shit, but Joe Buck's not a bad announcer by any means, in my opinion. And I watch a fucking lot of sports, so I got to give Joe Buck credit where it's due. I mean, that's some hog ass shit. Yeah, he's flying first class, probably flying PJs everywhere he goes. But I mean, just to boss have the ability to do that many games and that many in in, the, in multiple sports, it's 
pretty boss ass move. Yeah. So Joe Buck, he's a hog. Hundred percent agree. That's that takes some talent too. Just how much he's got to be studying as a a national commentator, right? He's got to know all these players, all the situations, all the storylines. Obviously, he's got a prompter to read from, but got to take care of your voice to be, too. I mean, that's a lot of talking. <laughs> yeah, for reals. But uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not one that disagrees with that. I like Joe Buck, except when he calls the U.S. Open, he's kind of trash. Yeah, but, he, hey, he's getting better. He's getting better at that too. And, and he, uh, he's actually somebody that when you listen to him do interviews with, you know, I've heard him do a few interviews with Barstool Sports over the years. He's actually a really fucking cool guy that I could see myself like getting hammed with at the pub, you know, raging. Joe Buck's pretty chill, down to earth cat from everything I get the impression of. Yeah, might have one too many and give him a little Joe suck. Just kidding. <laughs> like I said, if you don't like our, my hog of the week, you can go Joe Buck yourself. <laughs> oh, I like it, dude. Who you got? Joe Buck, hog of the week. My honorable hog, because obviously Khabib, number one. Uh, Sasha Barrett Conan. Ooh. Who, better known as Borat. Very nice. And I didn't, very nice. I didn't watch Borat too, but it just came out. Um, but I heard good things. Heard the reviews. I saw some clips. Thought it was hilarious. He called out some people in politics. Um, recently, I think today, Donald Trump said he was a phony creep for because he got him caught up with some shit. He actually interviewed Donald Trump Jr. on the sly in part of that movie. So check it out. Um, no ads. Hashtag. He's also married to Isla Fisher. Do you know who that I is? I do not. Uh, she was main actress, one of the main actresses in Wedding Crashers. I will find you. The little redhead chick. Banger, smoke show, Vince Vaughn's girl in Wedding Crashers. That's his wife in real life. So. Fuck. Okay, okay. Borat pulls Sasha Baron Conan. The Ali G Show. Um, I'm going to check out the new Ali G Show. The original Borat. He just doesn't give a fuck. He just calls people out. He does what he wants. Ruthless. And puts it on video for the rest of us to enjoy. So, hog of the week. Kick us off with the poodle of the week, man. All right, back to back. Um, I was really struggling with poodle of the week. I didn't really hate a lot of people this week or thought anyone was lame until I watched World Series Game 6 tonight. So, I have a stretch here. A real honorable mention and I don't really know the whole story, so I feel kind of bad. But this is what I got. Instagram model Diana Mornin. Morinin. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Diana. Uh, she's currently suing a dog owner because she did an Instagram photo shoot and the dog was humping her the whole time. <laughs> That's what? And she was in she was in a bikini. Just shaking her butt on Instagram and the dog was just humping her the whole time and so now she's suing the owner because that's not chill supposedly I guess she felt violated oh my god I don't know I don't know the whole deets like I said could be worse than that that's just the headline I read and I was struggling before Kevin Cash really made our night so that's my honorable poodle of the week you have one for us Tell. I do and I, I this guy he's a good looking man and he's a good fucking coach he's mentioned fucking Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals earlier, but I got it. When I was watching the Sunday Night Football game live, Cliff Kingsbury is my poodle of the week because, just to give a little, paint a little picture for the listeners, Cardinals and Seahawks are in overtime. The Cardinals get a turnover off of the Seahawks' first possession, and they're driving, and they're running the ball down their throat. It gets about the 15-yard line, and it's just like they quit playing. And on first down, he has Kyler Murray basically center the football to where his kicker would want it. And Cliff Kingsbury kicks the fucking field goal on second down. Now, yep. I mean, you never want to trust a kicker. We talked about kickers in the past, but, like, the kicker ends up ultimately missing the field goal. Luckily, the Cardinals somehow get the ball back and end up winning regardless. But what a bitch move. Like, conservative coaches is – just never get the job done in my opinion it just does not work out and cliff you got bailed out by actually winning the game but that was a bitch poodle move and uh, another thing was 
these announcers were sucking off Zane Gonzalez, the kicker for the Arizona Cardinals, like he was Justin Tucker. There's only one automatic kicker in the <laughs> NFL, like him or hate him. Justin Tucker's the fucking man. He sings opera too. He's, that's another thing, like James Conner having cancer. They say that every time. <laughs> Big opera guy. Big opera guy. But uh, as a fucking Cleveland Browns fan, 5-2 and two, by the way, not a big deal. Zane Gonzalez no once missed two extra points and a game-winning field goal in the same fucking game. He sucks. He has no clutch gene in his body, even though I guess he did win the game. But he's a puss. Yeah, he missed. So the, to get deeper dive there, somehow I guess the play clock was running out. Cliff King, Kingsbury calls a late timeout. Yeah. He makes the field goal, but they got the timeout in to prevent the delay game. Then he misses the the second attempt, mm-hmm. and the announcers to go off what you're saying, they're like, "Oh, kickers love having a second attempt. Like, it just shows them, you know, the way it shows them what they did wrong, what they can correct. This is the way." And he he whiffs the second one. Yeah, that was our boy and, Chris uh, Collins. We're saying that though, and you know, he was higher than a fucking kite. Yeah, that's loose with our boy, but he was high for sure. Uh, Weed syrup. <laughs> Weed syrup. All right, anyways, my dude, this was a good recap of game six. I got to give one shout-out. Told him I'd give him a shout-out. Our loyal listener, homie, the Ice Cuban. Ice Cuban, congratulations to the 2020 World Series champion, Los Angeles Dodgers. I hope you're getting fucking ham-bonied and cheese right now. Not going to remember this night. Pop some champagne. You just won the COVID fake season title, 60 games. Just kidding. (laughs) Dodgers deserved it. Ice Cuban, shout out to you, brother. Good shit, and uh, we did we did predict the Dodgers' victory, so props to us. Even though we suck at football predictions, so it's always it's been fun, and as always, tough. We out. Peace. <laughs>